because you all know I like to use my hands, even though I'm not Italian in any way, and I don't want to send that, send that flying. Uh, yeah, so thank you for that. Um, that uh, song about wisdom uh, reminds us that we have been uh, on a sermon series hearing from the prophets this summer. Uh, we've been taking the passage, the prophetic passage from the Revised Common Lectionary, and we've been hearing from many of God's prophets. Uh, we've heard from some minor prophets like Hosea and Zechariah. Uh, we heard from Moses, who many of us sort of don't think as a, of him as a prophet, but he was the greatest prophet. Uh, and we have heard from uh, two of the major prophets, Jeremiah and Isaiah. And this morning, we get to hear from a really famous prophet, uh, a prophet like no other, and his name is Solomon. Huh? <laughs> right? Huh? What do you mean Solomon, Pastor Emily? He's not uh, in the line of prophets, right, in the prophetic uh, tradition. He is a king, right? We remember Solomon as a king, as the son of King David, right, as the last king of the United, uh, United Nation of Israel. We remember him as a king. So why is he included in this lectionary series on prophets? Well, I would say this. Uh, I would say that Solomon, like his father David, had a heart for God. And in his ruling the people, uh, he made sure to lead people in the ways of God, including uh, reaching for God, listening for God, talking to God as he ruled God's people. Um, and so today, uh, we're going to hear one of those uh, amazing times uh, when Solomon listened for God's voice uh, and, and used that to rule. So I'm going to be reading uh, this morning from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. But before we go to God's word, let's go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Uh, gracious God, we thank you for this precious time this morning when we get to spend some time with your word. Uh, guide us, we pray, through this, this encounter that Solomon had with God. Guide us, we pray, in our own lives. We pray that you would open our hearts, uh, open our ears to your word to us this morning. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, this is 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 5 through 15, and then the companion psalm is 128, and I'm going to be reading the first four verses of that as well. So let's listen for the word of the Lord. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, 
so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. So here's his request. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself a long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. Then Solomon awoke. It had been a dream. He came to Jerusalem where he stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. He offered up burnt offerings and offerings of well-being and provided a feast for all of his servants. Thus ends the reading of the first offering today. Secondly, Psalm 128, verses 1 through 4. Happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be happy, and it shall go well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray one more time. Uh, gracious God, uh, we have heard uh, that, that beautiful song that Ray sang a few minutes ago about wisdom, and now we have heard of your, your conversation with Solomon, who was known to be so wise. So Lord, we ask now that you help us to understand and digest this story from your scriptures today. Help us to learn from it, to look at our own lives and see how we can apply it all in the effort to be better disciples for you and your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. So today, as we uh, visit with King Solomon, uh, we all remember that phrase. It's kind of a secular phrase that people use sometimes, the wisdom of Solomon, right? And we think about what it means to be wise, um, well, I've been thinking about this myself, as you can imagine, for the last couple of weeks as I've been preparing for, for this sermon, and I've been thinking about times uh, for me in my life when, well, when maybe I thought I was wise, but then it turned out to be not quite so much. Uh, take, for instance, years, years back, years back, uh, when I graduated from law school, and I took a job with this sort of big fancy law firm in Philadelphia. And I came out of law school uh, kind of thinking that I had everything that I needed, right? I had everything I needed to be successful as a lawyer. And I moved into my office in Philadelphia and I created what I like to call my wall of wonderfulness, right? Wall of wonderfulness. 
I put up on that wall so many diplomas and certificates that anybody who saw it would say, oh, she, look, look at that, she's really wonderful, right? I had my college diploma, I had my law school diploma, I had my certificate framed that showed that I was on the law review in law school. And the most impressive one at all, one of all, was this really large certificate that, that showed that I had passed the bar exam, right? And I was a member of the state of Pennsylvania bar. It even said Supreme Court of Pennsylvania right around the top, right? Very impressive, very impressive. So I had everything that I needed to succeed at this job, right? Until that is, I received my first, what I'll call real assignment, okay? So his partner came into my office, he was, you know, he was under stress at the moment, and he said, Emily, 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 I need you. I need you to draft a motion for preliminary injunction for me with the accompanying brief. I need it to be really, really good, and I need it first thing in the morning, right? This is a very important client, Emily, you must understand, right? Very important. So I took the assignment, and after, well, I'll say spinning my wheels for several hours trying to complete this assignment and looking at my watch, and it was probably about one o'clock in the morning, I looked up at my wall of wonderfulness and I thought, you know, none of those frame certificates up there are going to help me complete this assignment, right? None of them. None of them. Truth be told, I, I really had no idea what I was doing. Similar thing happened after I graduated from seminary. I was hired as an associate pastor for education in my first job, and of course I took my wall of wonderfulness with me, right? Put it up on my first uh, church office, right? The wall of my first uh, office in a church, and I added to it, right? Because then I had the seminary certificate up there, right? Graduated from seminary, right? Wall of wonderfulness. And I sat there for I don't know how long at that job, in that office, just waiting for somebody to come and ask me, could you translate this from the ancient Hebrew into English for me, Emily? Could you please? Or maybe the Greek, right? Could you tell me what these words mean in Greek, right? Or, or could, you, could, you could you sit down with coffee with me and explain to me how you wrote your senior Hebrew exegesis paper? I'm really thrilled, right? Nobody ever did that, right? All of those things said no one ever, right, Mike? Nobody ever said no one ever, right? No one. They didn't care. What I truly needed to know at that job was how to reinvigorate a failing Sunday school program. How to bring families with children back into the church, right? How to convince families that, that church was just as important as taking your children to soccer or gymnastics or, or whatever else people do on Sunday mornings, right? That's what I really needed to know, right? And my wall of wonderfulness, it didn't, it didn't show me that. At my second call, I brought the wall of wonderfulness along with me again, right? And I was hired as the associate pastor for mission, permission. And I was shocked to find that nobody came in and asked me about the historic origins of the Heidelberg Confession or the Second Helvetic Confession, right? Nobody wanted to discuss the intricacies of the Trinity with me at all, right? They didn't. Shock. What I needed at that job was to know how to build relationships with people, build relationships as the pastor for mission. 
I needed to go out in the community and build relationships with the heads of the nonprofits in the community. That's what they were asking me to do. And then I needed to get the church excited so that they could feel that call, right, that Jesus calls us to do, to go out and serve in these nonprofits, right? That's, that's what I needed to know. And then at the call that I was in before I came here in Beaver County, you're all going to associate with this. You're all going to understand this, especially those of you who have been on session, right? When I was in Beaver County, again, I brought my wall of wonderfulness with me, right? I brought it with me. But literally, at that call, literally every single thing that I had ever learned in school or in churches went out the window. Because two months after I arrived there, the COVID-19 pandemic hit, right? Right? We all remember this, right? The COVID-19 pandemic. None of my schooling or experience mattered. The questions that I had to learn were things like, I had to answer were things like, how do we do ministry when the church is closed? Right? Those session members who are here, committee members, will, will know that, right? How in the world do we do ministry when the church is closed? Or the one that I liked the least, I, I had to learn how to, how to preach to an iPhone, right? Instead of you lovely people sitting here, right? My husband initially made some little concoction to hold up the iPhone, right? And I'm like preaching to an iPhone. It was funny. Or we all had to answer that, that huge overriding question of how do we keep people safe? Right? How do we keep people safe? And my wall of wonderfulness, it couldn't answer that, right? It could not answer that question. So, what is the common thread here, right, in all of these experiences? Well, the common thread is that my, my wall of wonderfulness, no matter how much money or years I spent on all that, was not going to bring success. It was not going to give me the answers I needed, and it certainly wasn't going to give me wisdom, okay? wisdom what we're talking about today because if you have even the tiniest bit of wisdom sprinkled into your life then you can tackle just about anything in any profession in any setting in any time at all and solomon knew that solomon knew that in our passage for today, we see Solomon taking the throne for the very first time. This is very shortly after his father, King David, passed away. And Solomon is at Gibeon, and he falls asleep uh, for the night, and he has this dream uh, that God is speaking to him. Okay? And God says to him, ask for whatever you want, Solomon you want and I will give it to you. Right? No questions asked. Price is not an object. Ask for whatever you want and I will give it to you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what, what an amazing offer. I mean, this is God we're talking about, right? Price is no option. Uh, the laws of physics is, no, is not a barrier. Right? This is God asking this to Solomon. Wouldn't that be amazing? To have someone say that to us, ask for whatever you want, right? Like whatever you want in life, and you can have it. Well, sometimes children get to experience this 
a wonderful situation in their childhood, right? I mean, think about at Christmas time. We say to our children, honey, what would you like, right? Maybe even make a list of you want, what you want for Christmas. Or maybe at their birthday, we say, honey, we know this birthday is coming up. What would you like to have? And children, well, they ask for, you know, things like Barbie, right? A new Barbie. They ask for a Nintendo Switch. Or maybe, maybe if they're really brave, they'll ask for a new puppy or a new, or a new kitty, like Mike talked about this morning, right? That's what they ask for. But what would you, what would you ask for if you had the chance to get anything? Well, I kind of used the staff as, as uh, guinea pigs this week at our staff meeting, and I asked the staff that question. And because they're really good, thoughtful people, they gave some really good and thoughtful answers. Answers like good health. Right? If I could get anything, I'd, I'd have good health for myself or my family members. Some folks said peace, right? Peace and kindness throughout the world, right? Wouldn't it be amazing if all of the wars would cease? And some folks asked for a deeper connection to God, right? We all need that. A deeper connection to God is what they wanted, right? All of these are great answers, to be sure. But when Solomon had the chance to answer this question, ask for whatever you want, Solomon, and I will give it to you. What Solomon asked for was wisdom. Okay? Wisdom. He said, give your servant an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. That's how Solomon put it. Solomon knows that he is about to lead God's people into whatever the future may bring. Solomon knows that he is inexperienced, and he also knows that the people are, he quotes, he says, he describes them saying, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Right? That's what he says. It's a big job. It's a big job to govern these folks, and Solomon knows that he needs help. And so he asks for wisdom. And how, how many of our leaders today would do that, would ask for wisdom as they begin their leadership roles? How many would be so humble as to ask for wisdom? How many folks in Harrisburg or Washington, D.C. or even downtown Pittsburgh would ask for wisdom? Not ask for money or votes or the endorsement of a political party, but for wisdom. Because, you know, the root behind this request, right, the root behind Solomon's request is his humble acknowledgement that he does not have it. Right? He does not have enough wisdom to rule God's people. He is lacking. It shows us that Solomon also had incredible humility. And he shows that when he says, I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Right? He's not really a child. Scholars think he's around 20 years old when he took the throne. So this isn't literal, it's figurative, right? He is admitting his own ignorance. 
How many leaders of today would admit to such a thing and ask for help, right? How many of us here in this room would admit to such a thing and ask for help? As we human beings, you know, we, are, we are typically very confident, even, even to the point of being full of ourselves. Heck, we've gone to the moon and back, for heaven's sakes. We don't need more wisdom. We're curing disease, we're inventing robots, we're, we're inventing uh, artificial intelligence to be just as smart, if not smarter, <laughs> than we are. We don't need to ask for wisdom. Just look at our wall of wonderfulness. Look at what we've done as a human race. We've even gotten to the point where we are knowledgeable enough to destroy ourselves. That's pretty smart, right? A lot of you have seen the Oppenheimer movie last weekend or this weekend, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Whether it is through atomic weapons or simply through our slow and steady destruction of our planet, our knowledge is so high that we actually know how to destroy ourselves. Yay for us, right? We are knowledgeable. But for those humans who can be like Solomon and be humble enough to admit the limits of our knowledge and ask for help, right, ask for wisdom, where on earth do we go to find it? Well, Scripture gives us the answer to that. Right? Scripture tells us that true wisdom does not come from a wall of wonderfulness. But true wisdom comes from God. Proverbs 2 verse 6 tells us, For the Lord gives wisdom. From God's mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And in the book of Job, right, we all think of Job, the book of Job as being just about suffering, and a lot of it is. But it's also about wisdom and the limits of human wisdom. For right smack in the middle of the book of Job, it says, But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Mortals do not know the way to it, but God understands the way to wisdom, and God knows its place. Right? There it is. There's your answer. According to our scriptures, the key to true wisdom, the key to deep understanding, the key to knowing how to handle all of the things that come at us in our lives is to do exactly what Solomon did and seek the ways of God, right? Seek the ways of the Lord. And the amazing thing, my friends, the amazing thing, my friends, about God and God's love for us is that we don't have to be Solomon to ask for this and receive this from God. God gives us everything we need to become the people that he created us to be, including wisdom. God gives us wisdom in his scriptures, in all of the stories, and all of the parables, right? How about the Ten Commandments? We dismiss that a lot of the time. Don't, don't think about that anymore. But the Ten Commandments cover so many issues that can confront us in our lives, right? But putting God first.
first, not lying, right? Not coveting, honoring our parents, honoring our spouse. All of that should be consulted and thought about when we go about our daily lives. Absolutely. And God gives us Jesus, who walked around on this earth and showed us. He was in a lot of tricky situations, Jesus was. He showed us wisdom, showed us how to follow God's laws, and he summed it all up for us in that little tiny text that said, love God and love our neighbor. And so if you are ever faced with a decision, right, that you honestly look at and you say, you know what, I am not loving God and I am not loving my neighbor. If I take plan X, then don't do it. It is not wise. And of course, God gives us his Holy Spirit to, to whisper in our ear, right? To whisper in our ear and give us, give us guidance when we find ourselves at a crossroads, right? We are never, never alone when it comes to God and God's wisdom. So my friends, as we grow and as we mature in our faith, we realize that, that our wall of wonderfulness does not really make us wise to the ways of the world and does not help us in treating our fellow man. That type of wisdom, that type of knowledge comes only from God. Wisdom lies not in our diplomas or our certificates or our very high opinion of ourselves. True wisdom lies in God, who created us and loves us and gave his son for us. And so, my friends, let us heed this, this warning, I'll say this story from King Solomon, for it is a word to the wise. Praise be to God. Amen.